What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. A podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James. Today we're talking about Lorcana. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. And we finally have Lorcana in our hands. Today we're going to share what our first week with Lorcana has been like. And we were talking off air. And as of this recording, uh, Lorcana has been out for six days, I think you said. And you said that you've been a part of three. James has been a part of three events already. So I'm going to start with asking the questions this time uh, because you've done a lot more than me. So, uh, James, tell us what you've been up to since Lorcana came out. Well, uh, first off was a bit of a bummer the day before uh, the 18th uh, official Lorcana announced that the Disney parks would not be receiving Lorcana on the 18th as previously uh, said I felt uh, so bad for you like you were the first one you and Eric and Ixia I thought of immediately when I saw that now yes it was a bummer but also I didn't have to get up at three o'clock in the morning and go wait in the line for four hours so you know <laughs> you got to weigh the pros and cons there <laughs> okay 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 you were accusing us last episode of being rookies for well 74 I can do it. it doesn't mean I like it but <laughs> I'm right, good right. at it <laughs> all right um so basically we got to uh so I, I took the day off work uh you know already so i was i was prepared if we did do anything um but uh since uh it wasn't coming out i went into work and it's like well there's you know i'll just go into work and not uh take the take the hit on a, a sick day or a vacation day or whatever uh, I ended up leaving early and met up with uh, Eric uh, and went and had some early dinner and then headed over to a local comic shop called Atomic Comics for their very first uh, event, which was a starter deck event. And uh, we got in there, we signed up, we paid our $25, we got our starter deck, Um so that was the very first uh, Lorcana product I got into my hands was a starter deck. Whoop, whoop. And I will say $25 is not bad for a starter deck challenge. Yeah, yeah. it was the, it was the event. And um, I think, did we all get an, I don't think we all got an extra pack. So it was basically just $25 for the deck and the event. Um, so basically it was like paying like an $8 entry fee. Yeah. Uh, so I got Steel Sapphire. Uh, I opened my pack. Um, I put uh, a few cards into my... Actually, I didn't put a few cards in my deck because he said he wanted the very first game 
to just be the starter deck to give everyone kind of a chance to learn the game and uh you know play with just the starter decks and then rounds two and three we um we put the cards cards in that we wanted and played and it was best of three each time and it was kind of haphazard because uh, the guy running the shop like had just started using the melee uh, account like that night and had no clue how to use it. Um, so we were standing around a lot between rounds trying to figure out he actually just went to paper after the first round. He's just writing everything down. Um, he did use he put up the uh, the league uh, poster up onto the up onto the wall and started using the stickers to give everyone points. So he is actually doing that. I feel uh, very proud to have some stickers next to my name. It's pretty awesome, actually, even though it, it reminds me of kindergarten, it's still pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, and so um, it, I was in the tournament, Beth was in the tournament, and Eric was in the tournament. Uh, Beth, uh, this was the first time also she had ever done anything like this, and she um, she was not comfortable uh, with the, the the competitive environment. Uh, so well, it's uh, scary to try something like that new in the first yeah. place. And then, and how and do you, you know until you do it? Right. Yeah. And even though it was like a casual thing, like people still take, people are still competitive. Yes. Um, so it was just, you know, it was uncomfortable for her. So we basically, since we both, uh, lost our first round, uh, I told the store owner just to match us both up so that she would play someone that she knew and it was a little bit more comfortable. Uh, and she, of course, lost to me because uh, I'm an awesome player. No, it's just the way it worked out. <laughs> sure, actually... I played you before and you you typically beat me. Um, I had the Steel Sapphire. She had the, uh, I think she got the Emerald Ruby deck. Uh, and I just ended up being able to have answers for her pongos and things like that with, you know, cannons and smash and thing and things. So I was able to uh, beat her. Like I won two and oh, went to the third round, won my third round. So I went two and one, but by beating people that were like, oh, and two or whatever, I finished lower than I think I finished ninth and he was only giving prizes to top eight. Oh, 11th or something like I was basically close. Um, So I didn't get any of the top eight prizing, which I think was like some packs, like a pack for everybody that was top eight. And like number one, two and three got extras, like another extra pack or two. And one of the promos, I think. Um, So the the store owners, like I said, it was a little haphazard. The, The environment was cool. It was laid back. There was no like people that were like super aggressive or anything like that. Uh, and, uh, everyone was pretty, pretty happy with, you know, just, you know, hanging out and playing some games. Uh, so that was pretty cool. It was, you know, there was a few people that was their first time. And so that was it. We did that. And then the very next day we went down to Kingslayer in Fountain Valley, uh, in the morning, we got there like a little after 11, check in, get our stuff going. And, uh, we had the owner of Kingslayer on our podcast, uh, just a little short time ago. Um, and we talked to him for a little bit and then we started in, I got, so what they did when we got there is they handed us all a a magic card, uh, with a land and whatever land you got, we found out was the starter deck you got. So like when they were ready to go with, there was like 40 people there. 
Um, they're like, okay, if you have, you know, the, the island and it's a green card or whatever, you know, you're going to get the emerald ruby deck. If you have water, it's blue. So you're going to get the steel sapphire. So I got another steel sapphire deck. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm rolling in steel sapphire <laughs> at this point. Uh, but this one was a best of one uh, for each round. And interesting. Uh, and you could put in, I think it was mainly because they wanted people since it was like a learning event as much as a, as a tournament. They wanted people to have time to actually, you know, learn the game in addition to playing the game. Uh, and we were able to put the pack in immediately. I'm pretty sure that was the one where I pulled a be prepared uh, in my pack. Nice. So, and that was key to winning a game of the three rounds that I played. Uh, I did go two and one again. So again, I have a winning record, but not great, but not bad. Um, uh, I think Eric won the tournament did he win that one i think he did he went wow. he went three uh in one of the one of the tournaments we played so i think that was that one so he did good um let's see what else did happen there i mean it was it was it was a bit uh, i mean you can see having gone to the two different shops you can see the differences in how uh the different shops are run and how they're prepared um uh, king slayer was much more organized they had the melee app running smoothly uh, you know, I don't know if you've used it yet, but you can actually like do all the check-ins and, and submit your results right there from your phone. So that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and then I got, they were raffling off chances to buy product, uh, because they're not really selling a whole lot of product, uh, because they're trying to, to fulfill you know, like two stores, uh, over the course of the entire 12 weeks of, uh, league play. And they're not, in assuming they're going to get a lot more product over those 12 weeks. So they're trying to like space it out. Um, so they were selling like eight troves and nine gift sets and some, uh, and some supplies, you know, like accessories as well. Uh, I did manage to get a trove. I, I got selected and I got the last trove that they were selling and it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad markup. It was $70 instead of 50. So that wasn't horrible. It wasn't like the $180 I've seen or $150 I've seen some of them going for. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted some packs to open, you know, I wanted something and I had bought packs at the, at Atomic the night before, um, for way too much. They were at least not $10. They were under $10, but barely. Um, so I had packs to open. And so after the tournament, uh, sat down and opened all the packs and then Eric and I sat down and, and basically built me a deck out of the steel sapphire decks that I had um, because that's the most cards I had. Even after opening the packs, I didn't really have a whole lot. So, I mean, it's like you got to build what you have, right? Absolutely. So by this point, you have not gotten a box or anything yet. I don't have. Yeah, the only sealed product I've gotten is now at this point, I think, seven starter decks and a trove and 10 packs. Oh, and that's man. it. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, so I went back to Atomic last night and played another tournament. I went two and one again. Was this for a league play? Yeah, it's league play. He's doing league play uh, right now. I think he's doing it two times a week. Um, so it's it's a it's $10 entry. So it's a little pricey, I think, um, considering not everybody gets to win something. If it was. Is it 10 per week? Like you can go both 10, times $10 or is it 10 per, per event, event per event. So it's 20 so a week. I'm not going to be going. Yeah. yeah. I'm wow. not going to do every event. Um, and I'm not sure how often I'm going to go at $10 each, especially if, you know, you're not going to win something guaranteed. That's if tough. Was, yeah. If he's given away like one of the promos or 
a pack to everybody for the $10. That's a different story. Um, but $10 just to play and have a chance to be top eight to win a pack. Uh, it's a little much for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Whereas so, I'm, playing, I'm playing actually coming up, I'm playing in Kings at Kingslayer again, the next two Monday nights and they're doing a sealed event where you get six packs and you build your 40 card deck like they did for the Gen Con finale. Very nice. Uh, yeah, and that's only $40, so that's only like $4 over retail for the six packs. Yeah. So that's that's a good price. I think that's a, that's a fair price and it gets me some product. It's going to get me six packs each week to to build some more stuff into the deck. So you've played three events now and I know it's silly cuz it's only been 6 days, but have you noticed the skill level increasing or uh, people are getting more comfortable with it? Like what's been your pulse on it over these last several days? Well, I'm coming across only a few, like only a couple of different kinds of people. I didn't play anyone that was like brand new. Um, almost everyone I've played has played games before, especially at Kingslayer. I played like people who had like flesh and blood play mats and magic play mats. And they're like, you know, I'm just trying this game out, you know, to see if I want to keep playing it or like want to get involved in it or like be competitive at it because it's a bunch of competitive people who want to, you know, really do well at the game and win some prizes and blah, 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 do all that kind of stuff. Not there. It definitely wasn't a casual, but in, in, in other chairs and hearing overhearing people talk and also talking to them, like when our games were finished, there was people there that it was their very first time ever at an event, ever first time ever playing a TCG. I mean, they were basically, you know, they didn't even have sleeves for their cards. They were, they didn't have a mat. They were just there with the cards playing a game and learning it. Uh, so, I mean, that was, it was the whole spectrum of people that were playing at these things. Um, and so it was, it was pretty fun seeing all of that, that all these different people were coming in and, and playing the game. Did people like generally enjoy themselves playing? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I don't, I don't think there was anybody who was like, you know, this game is dumb. Uh, everyone was like, no, this is, this is pretty fun or this is interesting. I'm enjoying, you know, figuring out this game. And, uh, even the, I mean, even the, I guess they call them, what do they call them? Tryhards who just go in there and, and they're like, they're all about like figuring out the game and how they can win. Um, they were interested. They seemed like they were interested and they were huddled in packs and discussing amongst themselves what they were doing. And it seemed like they were having a, a, a good time in the way that they can have a good time, you know, figuring out a game. So, I mean, everyone was involved. And the people that were new, they were especially having a good time, I think. They were having a lot of fun. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. I, I will say this, too. It doesn't surprise me when you said that Travis at Kingslayer uh, was all up to date on Melee and how to work it and stuff, because... He is a man that likes to obsess over the details and he probably uses it to run his magic tournaments already. I don't know about atomic comics, but I know like all the magic tournaments run on melee from what I understand. Right. I think uh, atomic is like, they run like hero clicks tournaments and a few other things. So they do some like miniatures, uh, some other stuff. Um, but it's also a comic store. I mean, most of the store is actually comics and then they just have a gaming section. Uh, so I don't know. It's, it's It was just an interesting experience having two different, completely different experiences. And then there's another yeah. store in, in uh, near where I work that I'm hoping to make it to. Like, if I wasn't recording this right now, I would be at their store because they're actually, we're hosting a free tournament tonight. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And so, um, and they should have said the, something. No, no, I, I, I didn't, I'll do it. We'll figure it out. But 
um they're they've already done they did it monday night uh when i couldn't go and they did it tonight and they may even do it on another day they may actually end up doing Lorcana like three times a week oh wow uh, which is really cool and um it seems like they're really into it and they're actually one of the only stores i found like in all of southern california that was selling at retail oh wow that's and, amazing and of course they of course sold out immediately but they did <laughs> I it, believe in a, it they did it in a very fair way they offered they basically said you know we're saving most of it for tournaments and prizing and but what we do have available will be available like at saturday at noon first come first serve but we're we're also going to offer to our loyal uh, patrons, you can use your VIP points for our program to actually buy a front of line pass for the first hour. Wow. So you could That's come awesome. in. They offered, they offered like 10 or 12 of those. And they were basically, the people that were doing that were basically guaranteed a booster box. That's awesome. And, they were, and that was the company that I tried to sign up for one of their tournaments on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Pulled out in like 30 seconds. And they apparently were letting like half of the people that entered those to buy booster boxes as well. So they were basically selling a lot of product, but all at retail. And sounds like a good food. store. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna try and play there as soon as I can. Uh, all right. They sell singles. I mean, yeah, cool stuff. Two uh, questions but, for. Yes. Uh, so you had mentioned when Eric was on here that you guys were talking about driving down to San Diego. Did that happen? And then question no. number two. Uh, no, uh, actually, we got a refund on those because Kingslayer announced their event for the same time. And mm. so we figured it was better to drive for me, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes instead of, you know, 90 miles away. Absolutely. All right. Question number two. Did Beth go back to any other tournaments or do you think she will? Um, I don't know. Let me let me see. Beth? Are you going to go and play at any tournaments uh, in the future, or are you just going to do casual from now on? She doesn't know. Yeah, it can be scary. I, I totally get it. So there you go. She she wants to play games against people she knows, against friends, you know, and and hang out. So competing against people she doesn't know isn't in her, you know, check the boxes of a good time kind of a thing. So. Uh, she'll fair. go and hang out with me and watch me and, and you know, support me playing the games. Um, so she'll be around and, she, you know, if, if, if after a tournament, if, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and Eric is happens to be at one of those particular ones or, or uh, Ixia or whoever else we, we happen to meet during these things. And we want to sit there and play a casual like multiplayer game afterwards. She'll all be, be all in on that. I mean, I'm going to build her a deck and everything so she can uh, do that. But uh but I don't. I think the competitive thing is not her her cup of tea. Yeah, that's yeah, not for everyone. Um. Okay. So your tournaments were all three rounds. Yes. Yes. And I know you had the one on Saturday, but the one yesterday. When did it start? When did it end? I'm just curious. The start time was listed at five thirty. Uh, a lot of us showed up a little bit early uh, to start, like. Getting, you know paying our fee and going down and sitting down and being ready it started a little late i think it didn't really get started until around six but we were done right around nine yeah card game tournaments never start on time yeah well we had people that show up late and you know i actually got it's funny because i actually got uh, there was an uneven amount of people so i ended up with a buy the first round so i got an easy win for the first one <laughs> nice but there was a guy that had shown up 
who was in town just for a short time and he was like heading to the airport and his wife was like looked up online like hey there's a tournament going on like on your way to the airport and so he stopped in to do some trading since he knew a bunch of Lorcana players would be there and he had enough time so he sat down for some games and while I was sitting there waiting for my buy you know just sitting there he's like why don't we play some games I'm like sure why not and I went 0-3 because he had like very nearly a complete play set like like maybe not even double digit cards away from a complete play set of, of all of the cards. Wow. And he had, he had three constructed decks ready to go. And so I just got demolished with my two mashed together and some, some slightly better cards, uh, you know, deck that I had built out of basically nothing. <laughs> yeah. A de- deck is, I mean, a deck is a big deal, but, Obviously, you know, knowing how to play it is also part of the strategy of, you know, knowing how to get that deck, the best out of that deck. And I'm learning that. That's something I'm slowly learning to make the best use of what I do have. Yeah. No, in preparation for my event, I uploaded my deck because I only have limited cards, but I uploaded it onto uh, Pixelborn and was testing it out against... (laughs) I mean, it's not a true... It's not a true test because everybody on there has meta decks that they're testing mostly. But right. uh, at least I got a feel for how my deck works, what I want in my opening hand, and uh, what the general strategy is. Yeah, so it was funny because I was talking to Eric when, because Eric came up for the Atomic one as well yesterday. And um, we were talking before it started, and I was talking about how I had been testing it in my deck as well because I just put the deck I built into like you mentioned, Pixelborn, and was playing it against people on randomly. And I like, I did a few good, a good a few times, but uh, we were talking about how I noticed that I was um, kind of just waiting to ramp and not doing much until I was able to ramp up into the big, big hits and the and the the engine of the deck. And so, like on the fly, while we were sitting there five minutes before the tournament started, I swapped out a bunch of cards. Uh, to get more stuff for the early game, and it actually did help. I think it helped me win a few games to do that. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm like I said, I'm slowly learning. You know, deck building, uh, piloting, all of the stuff that we've been talking about for the last year. Uh, I'm slowly learning that and putting it into practice. And you really can't practice that until you're sitting there at the table doing it. So you, after all of this, you also finally got to compete in an event last night, right? Yeah, so I had to work on launch day, which was Friday. And it was really awesome seeing everybody uh, participate in tournaments and opening product. But I was also kind of bummed because we've been all about building this community. And I like I love seeing everybody uh, do it. I just wanted to be a part of it, too. Yeah. Um, And then, like, there was a starter deck tournament on Saturday that I could have joined, but I didn't know about it until Saturday. And they listed it as being five hours. I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to give up five hours of my Saturday. And I don't know if my wife would like me to do that either. Just on the fly. So, yes, my first event was last night, which was a Tuesday. And this was part of their organized play league program. So just about everybody that was there was there on Sunday, too. And basically, that was just a starter deck tournament on Sunday. Uh, Tuesday when I went, it was, I'm not going to say an even mix, but there were definitely people like me 
<laughs> who brought decks that were pretty well constructed. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I have all the Rapunzel's and Elsa's, but I was able to find a deck that one of our good friends, Trey or Cabled, made on Sapphire and Amber. And I had almost all the cards, so I had to make a few modifications. But And this is what I'm going to say, and, and, and you mentioned this too. Uh, it's all a matter of piloting the deck. So the first guy that I played against, he had a slightly modified uh, Amber Amethyst starter deck. I was like, oh, I'm going to smoke this guy. <laughs> Famous last words. Yeah. Uh, so first game, um, I needed like one point to win, and he needed eight. So and I played a Hades, Infernal Schemer. And got rid of one of his two lore characters, dropping him down to six. So he cannot win the next turn. And so I passed it to him. He shifted a Dr. Facilier onto his baby one and got the two extra lore and won. I could not believe it. And then I took the second round and then pretty easily. And then he just destroyed me in the third round. And I'm just like, he's using a starter deck. Anyway, good. But I will say it made me feel better when he was at the top table round three. So round two, uh, I was playing against somebody. She made a princess deck. She's also playing Sapphire Amber like me. She is a like a competitive magic player, but she just wanted to play Lorcana for fun. And um, I won like I won both games 2-0 within like 15 minutes. But I don't know if I feel good about that. <laughs> but she's like, no, it's okay. I'm just experimenting here anyway, blah, blah, blah. But this is something that I heard a couple times from different people. They're like, Sunday was so much fun because we all had like equal decks. But today, those of us who don't have access to cards, it's just not as fun because those who have constructed decks are just creaming us. Yeah. So round three. I probably played a deck similar to yours. There was another guy that was playing Sapphire Steel, and it looked like it was kind of a mashed up starter deck type of deck, but he had a giant tink. But he like straight up told me he only had one giant tink. So I'm like, thanks for the info. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had like a couple grab your swords and all the fire the cannons. He he started the first game and I came back and won it second game he pulled all the removal he pulled giant tank and then he ramped up into maui and that was the end of the game for me and then the third game i just i started which i did not go first like pretty much at all because i never got the role um, i started and he just couldn't keep up to me so i won that one pretty easily but the the, the thing is is this store was running four round tournaments Mm. and they started at 6 30 but like what we were talking about they never start on time we started at about seven so by the time round three was over it was 10 o'clock and this store is all the way on the other side of town like it took me 35 minutes to to drive home so i sitting there weighing in my mind do i want to stay for round four potentially get more league points because for every win that you got you got like two league points or whatever for a maximum of 10 a week. I was like, do I stay and potentially get two more points or do I go home since I have to get up at five in the morning? I, uh, I ended up going home. Like I kind of wish that I'd stayed, but 
it started out with 34 players in round round one. By the time round four, I checked on melee. There's only like 12 or 14 people that stayed wow. through it all. So, and and if they started right at 6.30, then we would finish up at 10.30, and I'd feel a lot better about that. But going until 11, that's just pushing it for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody dropped at any of the three events that I went to. I think everybody stuck through to the end. So that's pretty cool. But, you know, Atomic is only like 24 people max. And uh, but and there's 40 at uh, Kingslayer. And it, it felt like I think everybody did stay. So. That's great. And and I will say, like, everybody who was there was excited to play. Uh, so many people were like former Magic players. <laughs> Because over the last year, uh, Wizards has just done so much to like almost push their player base away. So a lot of them were like, oh, I was debating about Flesh and Blood or uh, One Piece. But then I saw Lorcana and I was like, you know, I want to give that a try. Or the one guy was like, my uh, girlfriend said that she would be willing to play <laughs> with the Disney cards. So that's why I'm getting into this. And it's just interesting to see what a broad net that Lorcana has been casting. Yeah. And, and that's, I, I mean, I heard that multiple times uh, at every event. Uh, the guy that, uh, you know, just demolished me uh, in the fun game while I had the buy, uh, he was like, you know, I built my wife uh, this deck and this is the only trading card game that she'll play with me because it's Disney. And so it's the kind of thing where it's it's definitely getting a lot of people into it that wouldn't normally be interested. And that's one of the things I think that's going to allow this game to carry on for a lot longer, as long as they can fix basically the one thing that's wrong right now. And that's getting cards into people's hands. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, and I think the other issue, the other potential problem is uh, people like like Beth that want to play the game but don't necessarily enjoy the competitive aspect. Like I know they want to include um, people like that, but I don't know how you have like a and a gathering that doesn't involve some level of competition. Right. Well, I mean, they they she's going to be able to play with me at home, and she's more right. than happy to help me test my decks as I build them and play some games against me to give me some practice. Right. Uh, and whenever we do, like, we'll we'll go over and hang out with any of our friends who want to play and play some multiplayer games. So she's going to be able to play the game and we're going to get cards for her. So that's that's a win in Ravensburger's book because, yeah, that's what they want. They want people to play it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. My mind was wrapped around. We've talked so much about how we hope when Lorcan is released that it's an inclusive community and it welcomes all sorts of people. So I was just thinking, how are we going to include people? that don't necessarily enjoy the competitive aspect of it. But like you said, you guys are going to be playing quite a bit anyway. Yeah. And and we'll have friends that want to play it and we'll have decks built if they want to come over and play, you know, so, and get them hooked on it probably and, and collect <laughs> it. Cause we know a lot of, you know, a lot of our friends are Disney people too. So. Oh yeah. Being there in Southern they're California. Just not as, yeah. They're just not as necessarily into Lorcana as, as, as I am. And they're not even like, going to play it unless I'm like, here, let's play some games. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's, it should be fun. How do I get my wife interested in playing? I don't know. 
Well, she does play games, right? With you. It's just sometimes yeah. it's only certain games, right? So No, she loves games. She just does not want to play this one. Aw. <laughs> we should come over. We should go to Vegas sometime, come over and play a multiplayer game. Well, there you go. You're like, come on, you got to come and play because it's all of us. Let's go. Multiplayer. That's right. I think multiplayer is really going to suck a lot of people in who normally might not try it because multiplayer is a lot of fun. It is fun. And I hope they incorporate that into future OP as well. Organized play. I think it would be a good thing for the stores that are running competitive events to uh, run if they have the room to set aside like a table for people to play multiplayer while the tournament is going on and just not have it be a competitive thing, but have people, you know, like earn league points by playing and they can play some multiplayer games if they want or some one-on-one, but not actually be involved in the, in the tournament file. Cause I think that would, I think that's part of the, uh, the atmosphere that Robinsberger wants is people having fun playing the game. And so I think that's something that that might help a lot of people uh, get more comfortable going to the local game store and playing the game is not making it ultra competitive right from the start. I think that's a brilliant idea. Robinsberger, if you're listening, talk to James. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what else? Uh, what, so let's uh, kind of mull over what happened this week and maybe talk about what we are going to be doing uh, going forward from here. Yeah, the thing that comes to my mind is the frequency of play. I mean, because my store, the store I'm playing at, does the two times a week as well. They do it Sunday and Tuesday. But I'm only able to come one time a week. And I, I'm i not going to lie. I almost feel a little defeated because I'm not going to be able to rack up league points like everybody else that's able to go twice a week. Nor, I mean... If I'm being honest, I don't know if I want to stay out that late two nights a week either. So I'm really hoping like this store, it's called Power Nine Games. It's a fantastic store. It's a great looking store on the inside. Well run. But I'm really hoping that I can find after the six weeks is up for the league play. I'm hoping I can find a store closer to home that maybe does it just once a week. Yeah. And that's the problem also I'm having with Atomic and on top of the the $10 fee is they're also running it twice a week and I can't necessarily make it two times a week. I mean, I can try, but, you know, there's other things to do. There's, there's you know, there's life to live. So, right. and, and now I feel like know, I'm left hopeless about getting any of these promos or I'm like, I, I want to win all of those or have a chance to win all of those promos. And if I can't compete to the level that they're running things then i'll never have a chance at them so it's it's a little defeating just like not having any product available availability to product is also defeating it's like i wanted to collect the game you know i had so much fun uh over the weekend after kingslayer and opening that and building my deck i came home and spent hours sorting cards and putting them in my binder and building the what few play sets i could you know of all the commons and I had a great time doing that. And then I'm done. You know, I, I don't, I think I have like 30 or 40 play sets of cards out of the 200 cards. And I'm still missing 40 cards for my main set. I only have like 25 foils. It's just like 
when am I going to be able to feel like I'm progressing uh, to my collection, which is, uh, for me, just as important as playing the game and uh, the competitive side and the casual side, because I want to play the game with my wife. I want to play the game with my friends. I want to go to the store and I want to compete in the events. I want to win promos and things like that. And I want to finish my collection. I want to do all of that. And like every single bit of it has been cut from my ability to do it based because of uh, timing and product availability and, you know, finances. Cause I'm not going to go out and pay 250, <laughs> $300 for a booster box. I'm just not going to do no. it. I'm not going to support that. No. Um, so, you know, what am I left to do? I'm left to basically kind of had a, have a little bit of a feel bad coming from, you know, launch week about that particular aspect of it. All of the playing the games and the stuff I was able to do, that was all great. It's just there's this this part that just wasn't it didn't meet expectations. And that's kind of a bummer. So, I mean, looking ahead at September 1st, do we think that that's going to put enough product out there to get cards into hands of everybody else? No. Yeah. It'll it'll help, but it's based on what we've seen from the beginning at D23. There has never in any instance been enough of anything that they have put out for Lorcana to satisfy people. It's just it's impossible at this point. There was not enough product at Gen Con. There was there's not enough even even though they were handing out promos like candy, there probably weren't enough promos. Who knows? I'm, I mean I'm, I'm convinced they could print like 10 times what they did and it still wouldn't be enough. I, I know. I mean, so many people want this. So many new people are coming into this and there are so many people who don't have a clue what this is. And when they see it, they will like it. I, I don't know what the answer is going forward. Run those printers 24 <laughs> seven. That's basically for, the only answer. For set one though. I mean, I'm not entirely, I may be misremembering. And maybe you can help me on this, but didn't Ryan say at Gamma that they were not going to reprint set one, but they would reprint specific key cards in future sets? I think that was basically about like in the future. So like when they're around set 10 and there are certain cards that are now priced out for most people, will they just reprint set one to get it back into people's hands? Like Yu-Gi-Oh just did. They just reprinted like five different of their early sets as a 25th anniversary special. And I don't think, I think that's what he was saying is they're not going to do that, but they'll pick certain cards and they may reprint them in like a future set. They'll do like set 10 and they'll throw in some cards, but will they be the same card or will they just be functionally the same and maybe just new art, you know, on a base on a, without it being really a special card, just like if Hey, Hey needs to be reprinted, they'll print re uh, reprint. Hey, Hey, with new art in a new set and it'll be functionally the same card. So you don't have to buy the old one. You can get the same functionality with the new one. That may have been what he was talking about. I don't think they're ever going to reprint the first chapter in the future, but they're going to keep the first chapter in print for as long as they need to. So you're right. If they, if people are still, yeah, if they're still, people are still buying the first chapter off the shelf in a year, they're probably going to keep printing it all the way through next year or two years or however long it takes until it's sitting on shelves, not selling. I think that's kind of the business plan. Let's put a pin in this for five years down the road and we'll revisit it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned 
at my um, event how some people were kind of feeling bad about playing against constructed decks when they just had starter ones. How, how do you feel? I mean, especially since you're in those shoes, how do you feel about these events where some people have access to a lot of cards while some only have like a starter deck and some packs? I think that until product becomes more available when people are running events if the store the store needs to pay attention to what's happening and if there's like five people who just bought everything that they could find and ordered cards off tcg player and just stacked their deck those people are likely going to keep winning and if they're not giving like equitable prizes to everyone from first to, to last then that's going to feel bad. And I think that's going to make people down at the bottom who only can get like that starter deck in a few packs. It's going to make them feel bad. And it may affect how, you know, their, their, their desire to come into the shop and play every time. So that's something I think that store owners will need to pay attention to uh, going forward until product is more available. Um, it's so difficult finding yeah. that sweet spot. And and as someone who doesn't have the best deck to be able to be put together, I'm not so concerned about it. But if I finish, like last night at the event, I finished ninth, and they were giving prizes to the top eight. And, you know, obviously, you know, some people will say, well, just win next time. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> you know. If only yeah, it were that was, easy. I was trying. Um <laughs> And that's the way it goes. But if the store was instead of only prizing top eight, if they were prizing something to everybody and then just giving a little bit extra to top eight, then that would make everybody feel better. And it would make the the whole event have a more positive vibe. Um, so like the other store I'm going to, and um, I'll, I'll sell their name because I'm planning to play there and they're doing some things right, like selling at MSRP, it's Psycho Turtle. Uh, in Pico Rivera here in uh, Los Angeles, um, they that they were doing tonight a free tournament and Monday night they did a free tournament and enough people showed up and it was only like ten or twelve people and they still gave prizes to people even though they didn't charge anyone to play in the tournament. Wow, so, you know that's the kind of place where you would want to go and support them because they are they are building. Uh, what they're doing is they're building the community uh, and supporting the community and the community is supporting them. I see people all the time in their discord talking about how they're going to come in and buy some singles and, and do some trading and go and come in and play some games, even though they are, they're not going to compete in a tournament, they're coming in to, to do stuff. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that you need to foster as a, a I think as a local game store is uh, make people feel welcome, make them feel like they're getting some kind of value out of where they're going. Like, honestly, I don't feel like I'm getting a whole lot of value at Atomic Comics, um, you know, paying $10 each time and not getting anything out of it. If I, if I do well, I went two and one, I did well enough and I walk away. I mean, I'm, I paid $10 for the evening of, of entertainment, which is fine, but it's, you know, it still leaves that little bit of like, well, you know, why couldn't you have given everybody like a promo card or because you have a lot of them. It's like, when are you going to give them away? He's only given away like two of them, I think out of the 120 he has. It's like, how are you going to be giving those away? Is it like all league play? Everybody gets one at the end of league or I don't know. So I don't know what the answer is. I just know that one place is not, uh, 
is not doesn't seem as good as the other place in my mind. And whether or not that's me being unfair or not, I don't know. But that's just the way I feel about it. I think that speaks to the importance of finding a local game store that uh, is run well, like you say, because yeah. because there are some that just aren't run well. And if you're in a big enough city, you have choices. So, yeah, that feels bad. All right. So let's move on to Lorcana Lexicon. And what are we doing this week? So a term that people have probably heard being thrown around a lot right now is the term market value. Do you know what that means, James? Uh, I mean, if I'm going by what the words are, it's uh, what the uh, dollar amount that something is worth based on how it's selling in the market. Yeah, that's pretty much right. And in Lorcana specifically, especially before like anybody started selling anything, the market value was set by a website called TCG Player. And the thing that kills me, the reason why so many of these local game stores are upcharging is because they're saying that they're selling at the market value. But the thing that that grinds my gears a little bit is they're saying that they're selling at these expensive prices to prevent scalpers from buying them. But in reality, they're just selling like the market value right now is set at scalper prices. Because, so, the one, because scalpers are the ones who are putting them up on TCG Player. Exactly. Smart, right? <laughs> Exactly. And it just kills me. Like, yes, I know I'm I know I'm new to TCG games. And so many of you like on Twitter will be like, welcome to TCGs, but it just doesn't seem right. And I hope that Robinsberger is taking notes like some people said that they are. So uh we do have some news. Uh yeah, it's been a while we, since we've had news. Right. And we have some fun news. Uh in Germany, GamesCon is starting. In in fact, I think today might have been a press day. At yeah, Gamescom. it was like it was like a press slash business owner day, right? A preview kind of thing for everybody who's who's special. <laughs> <laughs> You're all uh, special. And uh, Robinsberger has a booth there, and they started handing out the Goofy Musketeer promo that we heard about like a month ago. Um, so that's cool that there's a new promo making its way uh, into the market, and hopefully into some of our hands. Yeah, and just as a reminder for those of you who were able to get your hands on a promo Mickey at Gen Con on uh, Lorcania, they have a service where you, if you got any extra, you can set up an exchange with somebody from Germany to exchange a Mickey for a Goofy. There you go. That's that's. I mean, that's that's what cards should be. Trading a card for a card. You know, I need this. You need that. Let's trade them. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then we had two articles come out this week. Um, one of them. Uh, so do you remember the uh, reveal, the 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 infamous uh, Sven, Sven, <laughs> <laughs> Sven reveal uh, from the LA Times Twitter where they tweeted a picture of Sven and like we didn't see it for like four days. Like, yeah, I do remember and, that. And uh, the well, they finally released their article. Uh, and it had some good stuff in it. What what kind of stuff was in there that was either interesting or new? Well, and the funny thing is, is I didn't see this article until today. It was released yesterday. <laughs> but a couple things stood out to me. Um, 
there's a quote where they're talking to the well they're talking to philip frankie and he gave a quote where he said no this isn't a quote they're just paraphrasing he said anything in a disney animated short or film is fair game and it will need to be as frankie says Ravenberger has a 10 plus year roadmap for Lorcana. So a couple of things stand out to me here. Number one, uh, the the thing that most people picked up on here is the fact that there's a 10 year, 10 plus year roadmap for Lorcana, uh, which is super exciting and like makes me feel more comfortable, like getting into the game. Gosh, 10 years from now, I'm going to be 47 anyway. um, But the other thing that stood out to me in here is it said that any Disney animated short or film is fair game because up to this point, a lot of us had just assumed that it was the Disney animated movie studios, even though the three Musketeers are in there. But the fact that they're saying any Disney animated short gives me hope for Oswald. Yes. I mean, how can we not see Oswald at some point? Really? (laughs) But I mean, it's not even just Oswald. There are so many characters in Disney shorts and it could be like, I don't think Chip and Dell are in any movies animated movies yeah they're mainly in shorts right yeah so characters like them i mean (laughs) i shared this on twitter and people were like you know how they put the little shorts before the pixar movies right like oh does that mean we're getting bow or paper man or all those things it's like well let's not get ahead of ourselves guys yeah they haven't mentioned pixar yet just disney (laughs) but i think both of those points are super interesting what do you think about those I love it. Uh, I, I love the fact that they have a 10 plus year roadmap. Uh, that means they're thinking ahead and the decisions they're making are for the longevity of the game, not to uh, make a quick buck. It's to make the are long Are you telling buck. me this isn't a cash grab? Because I've heard people say a, it's a cash grab over and over. It is a cash grab because they're a business, but it is not a cash grab in the way that it is intended for people to say it as a bad thing. It's they want to make money while providing a service and a product that we all enjoy. That's kind of what you're supposed to do as a business is to provide something that people need and or want. Although I will say launching a TCG is never easy, but with the prices being set at the market value, I can see why people are like, Oh, it's a cash grab. Yeah. But I mean, set one is like the, the, the bar, right? Once they're able to gauge what the demand is for set one going forward, they should have a better idea. Right. Unfortunately, not, not possibly not in time for set two. Right. But uh, hopefully in time for set three. So it, it may still be rough for the next, for the rest of the year getting product. It may still be a little difficult or a lot difficult depending on how it goes. But uh, I'd say 2024 will probably dawn bright and fresh. And when set three comes out, I think the market will uh, hopefully have been corrected. And of course, if the game is as popular as we think and it keeps getting new players, set three, the numbers they're getting now for set one may not be enough because what if a ton of new people just keep coming into this game and all of a sudden set three is like, there's still more people buying the game and now it's still hard to get. But I think that it will be better uh, as we move on through the months. Uh, that whole feel bad feeling of not having product even a week after release is uh, hopefully going to go away. All right. There's one more quote in here that I wanted to read. And they talked to Ryan Miller as well. And it's like, it's totally worth a read. 
go look up the LA Times Lorcana article, but there's one section where Ryan was talking about developing the game and how it went through different iterations. And this quote or this section here, I just, it really struck me. He said, I had this crazy idea. What if villains could only challenge heroes and heroes could only challenge villains? It was very thematic. That's a good example of wanting immersion at the gameplay level and how the best intentions could crash and burn. That game was not very fun. You could build a deck that has half and half, but if you don't draw enough villains, then you just can't interact. Um, I just think it would be super fun to have like a hero and villain deck. The thing that it made me think of, I talked about this before, was the Star Wars Decipher decks back in the day. You had a light side deck and you had a dark side deck. And when you went to tournaments, uh, the player who rolled highest first chose if they were starting on light side or dark side. And then you switched over the course of the next two games. And I was like, what if they made, what if they had Lorcana decks like that, where you had a hero deck and a villain deck? Again, it obviously didn't come to fruition, but it was a fun idea. And think about this. Every time they do some little tidbit of the game design process, how many people at home are going to be like, well, let's homebrew some rules to play uh, heroes versus villains. And let's build a hero deck and a villain deck and have some fun playing heroes versus villains. I had not even thought of that. That's a great that's a idea. Thing. Yeah, that's thing, something that people can do at home. Uh, you know, uh, princesses versus pirates. You know, you can start doing all of these fun things with all of these different themes in, in these deck ideas to keep the game uh, from getting, I mean, it, I don't know if the game could get really stale because they're going to keep coming out with cards every three months, but you can do all these fun things. They can like have princess night at the game at the, at your local game store. And like everyone, you have to bring a princess deck. Absolutely. You know, things like that. That would be really fun. I think. Yep. yep. I agree. Boy, where are we going to be a year from now? It's going to be uh, so much fun. I don't know. I'll be, I'll be like out on my lawn yelling at no, kids. No, 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 no. I, I mean, as far as Lorcana, because <laughs> people will have product in hand by then, and we can do stuff like this. Imagine that we're going to have another tournament, but a much bigger tournament at Gen Con next year. I'm there. And I'm guessing that will be early release of set five. You know, first time you can get set five two weeks early or three weeks early or whatever it's going to be. Oh, That's going to be probably right. You better be there. That one. And then we had another interview. Uh, uh, this one was from, uh, I think they interviewed uh, um, the uh, CEO of Robinsberger North America on ICV2, uh, Stefan Mahdi. Uh, this was during Gen Con. And uh, it was a lot of um, basically questions about the direction that Robinsberger is going, not just with Orkana, but you know, in their board games and puzzles and everything like that. And it's also a good read, but it's also a little confusing, um, specifically for Lorcana and about getting it out to local game stores versus big box stores or mass retail. Um, the question was, you know, you're in multiple channels, mass specialty retail and hobby, correct? And uh, the reply was, it's not going to be very wide channel distribution. We have kept the majority of our allocation to hobby retail stores. There's going to be product outside of friendly local game stores, but in proportion to the total, I would say it's minimal. And it's also not, and it's not also very broad. We have selected partners. It's not a wide distribution. Now, the only part of that that I kind of think is like not like kind of obfuscated by kind of like almost by CEO speak is the not very broad. They have minimal. Well, they only have like eight or nine 
big box store retailers that they announced that they'll be sold at, you know, the Walmart, Target, FYE, uh, Amazon, you know, things like those ones that we know about, Barnes and Noble. So it's not very wide. They're not like throwing it at every single retail chain in America. They're just picking those specific ones. But that's a lot of stores. There's like something in the neighborhood of like 15,000 stores between all of those different ones they picked. And it's interesting to me that he said that the majority of their allocation is going to friendly local game stores when we're having such a hard time finding product. And now they have to fulfill 15,000 stores across America alone. That was not very comforting. I might be misremembering, but doesn't he at one point in this article say that for these big box and retail partners that those ones specifically are going to be going to areas that don't have a friendly local game store? So like rural areas? Right. That was part of the other thing is they're saying that in areas where there is not as, as you know, there's not friendly local game stores to uh, help the market for the game. They're going to kind of focus on those, but he said that is going to be um, it's, it's a point of this is the quote direct quote about that. It's a point of growth rather than a point of development on the initial focus of the business. So it won't be something that they're focusing on initially. I think initially their focus is going wide, getting getting product everywhere so people can find it, right? To get people interested in the game. I would think so. But then and again, then, they have such a little product. Sorry. Supposedly, I mean, I just don't understand how they can give, like, basically, on average, every local game store, like, 24 boxes, right? If you're only going to give four boxes, let's say, to every store that was mentioned, Every every location of every store that was mentioned, that's already double what they gave to local game stores. Yeah, it doesn't. The numbers don't add up. That's something Eric pointed out too. And like you said, there's just a lot of stores. So the question is: Is what does it mean? I mean, like, <laughs> is is the allocation that you gave to local game stores like sitting in warehouses waiting to just ship out in wave after wave after wave to keep product at local game stores every month. We don't know. We know that a lot of stores that we have talked to have said, I'm, I am now, I, I know I'm getting a wave too. But after that, we don't know anything. And we don't know what's showing up at big box stores because that's a week away. Yeah. We just, we don't have any information about numbers or anything. We're just, we're just lot like throwing up our hands and like, I guess we'll just have to deal with what the market is right now until it corrects itself and until we get product flowing in a manner that is appropriate to the demand. It's frustrating, but it's, you know, it's like you said, it's launching a TCG. How could they guess what the demand would be? Uh, And with the long lead times needed, how could they fulfill that demand knowing like right now we're not going to see the answer to the demand right now for months. So we just have to deal with it. Yeah, and I also just wonder, <clears throat> I have to believe that Robinsberger probably put every extra dollar and penny that they could into printing set one. Like, it, it probably was, just came to a point where they just couldn't afford to print anymore. So, well, yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, they were, I mean, essentially, this was like, let's lay out how many millions and millions of dollars to get this thing running because they're not going to make any money until. Two weeks ago. Yeah. 
And so, in the meantime, they've been working on this for two or three years now. So yeah, three years. Yeah. Actually, it's at this point, it's it's now been over three years that they've been working on it. So yeah, they're paying a bunch of people to do all this work and printing all these cards, and they're just now starting to make money. <laughs> so I mean, uh, I understand it. And and it's it's just all this thing. It's all wrapped up in this whole ball of different things that you just kind of where do you land you do? on? It? What yeah. can you do? Um Go play the game. Have some fun with what you got. Uh, you know, that's about it right now. Have, try yeah. and have some fun, which is what I'm trying to do. <laughs> Speaking, Speaking of, fun, of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Are you ready for Disney Jeopardy? I am. Okay, because it is my turn to ask you. And I think I think there's one tough question in here. Okay, so for 100... This Disney movie features the song Two Worlds. Two Worlds? Two Worlds, uh, One Family. I am. Are you serious right now? It's yes. the opening song. Did I have I seen this recently? That's the question. I don't know what you've seen. Well, uh, okay, okay. It's sung by Phil Collins. See, I have not. Is this Tarzan? It is Tarzan. Yeah, see, the problem is I've actually never seen Tarzan all the way through. You Okay, well, this is the opening song, I guess, if you missed that the opening. That came out when I was very busy with work and <laughs> uh, all those kind of things and not watching a lot of TV at all. So That's fair. Unfortunately, okay. yeah, and, I, and in our rewatch, we're only still in the 70s or 80s, so I haven't gotten up to that yet. I will have watched every Disney animated movie by the time we're done, so I will be able to say I've seen it, but I've only seen pieces of this movie so far. Okay. All right. Okay. For 200, this is the name of Bambi's rabbit friend. Rabbit friend? That would be, what is Thumper? Correct. Who is Thumper? Who is Thumper? (laughs) For 300, this is the only Disney princess shown as having brothers. Who is Merida? Oh, ding, 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 ding. I wasn't sure if that one was going to be tricky. Okay, for 400, this is what Aladdin stole in the market in the movie Aladdin. See, I have two answers. I think it was. So I'm going to say, what was bread? What was the other answer? Uh, what was an apple? It's the apple. Because you remember after he gets away from the guards, he rolls the apple down and gives it to the yeah, little Yeah, see, I kind of had an inkling of that, but I wasn't sure if that was like that stole, stealing scene or when he uh, like maybe stole it later on to, to give to Jasmine or something. I couldn't remember where it was. Well, and we have the Lorcana card with him stealing a loaf of bread. Uh, see, maybe that was subtly uh, changing uh, my answer there and making me pick that one instead of the apple. Okay, uh, for 500, <clears throat> this is the name of Simba's mother in The Lion King. Oh, jeez. This is the tough one. Yeah, Bet's over here making faces at me that she knows the answer. <laughs> She's trying to give me hints and it's not helping. Yeah, I don't know how you give a hint for the name of of his mother. I don't know. She's basically trying to spell it out for me. So she's cheating, essentially. <laughs> all right, all right, uh, Beth, tell him. 
What is it? Sarabi. Ding, 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 ding. Wow. Yeah. Good job, Beth. She should be answering all of my questions. So I think she would have gotten most of these or all of them. You know what? You've gone five for five on a lot of these, though. I know. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't expect to get them all right every time, I guess. And I will say you got you got two and a half out of this one. So 50 okay. percent. That's not bad. Not bad. Because I'm I'm giving you 50 percent on the Latin one. Yeah, because I did have the answer. I just picked the wrong one, 50-50 chance. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Um, if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on the podcasting platform of your choice. You can find me on Twitter or the site formerly known as Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. And James, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Dan Regal on all the social medias. And uh, you can check out geekshotphoto.com for links for Beth and I uh, and all of our uh, photography stuff and other social media links and all those fancy things. And so uh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, I hope you all are enjoying your Lorcana games now with real cards. And we will see you next time.